Hello and welcome to the Christomatic Podcast. My name is Jude Jonathan. Today, even as we welcome you, we are going to be considering the Redeemed Christian Church of God's Sunday School Manual on the Lesson 9. And the topic for today's Sunday School on the Lesson 9 is the power of a praying church. The power of a praying church. But before we go in, let us pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you. We give you glory and we give you honor. Thank you for your grace and your mercy upon us, upon our family, especially upon the church. Thank you, O God, for today's topic, O God. Thank you for the past topics that you've been teaching us, O Lord, and enlightening our minds, our spirit, by your own spirit. Father, it's our prayer that today, even as we go into today's topic, under the Sunday school, we ask, Lord, that you will revive, O God, the altar of prayer in our churches and even in our homes in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah, the topic again for lesson nine of today's Sunday school is the power of a praying church. A Bible passage is taken from the book of Matthew chapter 18, verses 18 to 20. Matthew chapter 18, verses 18 to 20, and I read, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Praise God. Hallelujah. So before we go back to where we just read, um, let's consider the memory verse and then we introduce the topic. Then we go back to the review for our Bible passage for today. So our memory verse is taken from the book of Acts chapter 12 verse 5 acts chapter 12 verse 5 it says peter therefore was kept in prison but prayer was made without seasoning of the church unto god for him can we take that together now slowly acts chapter 12 verse 5 peter therefore was kept in prison but prayer was made with out seasoning of the church unto God for him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, by introduction for today's topic, the power of a praying church, we see the church is God's agency. The church is God's agency here on earth that demonstrate God's love, God's wisdom, and God's power. That is what the church is. Jesus said in the book of Matthew chapter 16, verse, verses 18 to 19, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, prayer, you know, is a mighty weapon in the church with unprecedented outcomes onto the church and upon the church as well. So the world and even the kingdom of God. Now, therefore, we must understand the role of the church through prayer and its resultant effects. Not talking about prayer, 
Now, the pray, a praying church is also said to be a powerful church, and a prayerless church is a powerless church. So we're going to be going through today's topic, looking how as as uh, how prayer is important to the church, and also considering, you know, the things that will help us as a church to revive our prayer altars as well by understanding. And the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So back to where we were, the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 18 to 20. In that place where we read, Jesus in that passage was talking about the potency of prayer. It says, it says, whatsoever a believer binds on earth shall be bound in heaven. Wow, that is the power that we have as believers, even as as the church, that whatsoever we bind here on earth is sealed, stamped, and agreed in heaven. He goes further to emphasize the effect of corporate prayers in verse 19. He says that if, if we as a people, as God's children, if we can agree on a thing, you know, if we can agree as touching on a matter, if it's not just a lot of us he said that if just two of us if just two if just two persons alone can agree on earth as touching anything he didn't mention a category of things we can talk about anything at all it says it shall be done for them of my father which is in heaven praise the name of the lord and lastly, we need to understand that his presence will ever and always be with us. Because when, wherever we are gathered in his name, right there, he is in the midst of them. Now, that's a very strong verse. For God to be in the midst of the people, it means that he's not just there as just a figure. When, when, when the Bible says that there am I in the midst of them, it means that God is doing a lot in the midst of his people. Praise God. And these people we're talking about, we're not talking about a great multitude of people. The description from this passage is saying even as little as just two people is enough for God to be in their midst and be running things and be doing things. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we're going to be considering today two lesson outlines. The first lesson outline says the reasons and conditions for prayer reasons and condition while the second lesson outline is speaking about the scopes and the results of prayer as well praise god hallelujah so quickly let's go to the first lesson outline the first lesson outline which is reasons and condition it is a, que- a question comes to heart when we are talking about the church that prays the question is why does the church even pray why does the church pray now the church employs prayer as a lifestyle you know to make effective the word of god not just the word of god the name of jesus to make effective the spirit of god in fulfilling you know the church divine mandate here on earth in the book of acts chapter 2 verse 42 the Bible said, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayer. So you see, in that place, in that passage where we just um, saw right now, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, we see how it was important for the church to continue to make effect God's word and true prayer because they continued steadfastly. Don't forget, last week we said that doctrines are just 
some group or some lifestyle or some rule, some law or some kind of, you know, um, lifestyle, permit me to say, regulations that help you to make heaven. Praise God. Through the word of God. And they are found upon the word of God. So we said, of course, for those, for the doctrines of God, which is effective through the word of God, for them to find effect, you know, for them to be able to have impact in our life, for we to be able to even let the word of God that we know, that we read, have effect in our life. And the name of Jesus, the name of God, you know, his name as Jehovah Jireh, his name as Jehovah Nisi, to be effective in our life and for the Spirit of God to have a fulfilling or a fulfillment in, in, in our lives as the church through the divine mandate of God for the church. We need prayer. That's one of the reasons why the church seriously prays. And the reason why the church prays because God listens to the church whenever we pray. Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 3, I can never forget that verse. Say, call up to me and I will answer thee and show thee great things, great and mighty things which thou knowest not of. It is the place of the church to continue, continually to call upon the name of the Lord for great and mighty things in our nation, in our families, wherever we go. No wonder Matthew chapter 18 verse 9 says, and I say again that if two of you, just like we read, if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. So God listens to the church and that's why the church pray. And the reason for why the church prays because for we pray as a church for constant fellowship with God and with one another. Prayer is very important for us to exchange continually to pray for each other is very, very important. Prayer is, like we always say, prayer is the master key that we use to communicate with God. In And we also use to fellowship with one another because in the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 42, we saw in the last part how they continued steadfastly also in prayer. They continued the apostles' doctrine. They continued in fellowship. And in that fellowship, prayer was amongst what they were doing. So it, it's, it's another way of sharpening iron, sharpening iron. So fellowshipping, that's what we do in church. We pray so that we can we can we can wake, awaken someone who has gone grown cold in the place of prayer and also to have constant fellowship with God through the Holy Spirit. Now another reason why we pray in church is for exhortation and edification. Building of the faith of believers in God. Of course, if we do not cry to God, if we do not pray to God, there will not be manifestation. And if we do not pray, in fact, prayer is another way of exercising our faith in God. So whenever there are some of Christians amongst us or close to us who do not really have the first-hand experience of God's power at work. So whenever we pray and we call down and we make requests and God answers in a mighty way, when they see it, their faith is increased in God. Also for exaltation and edification. The book of Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 said, We should not forsake the assembly of ourselves together, but we should exalt one another. Praise God. Hallelujah. So another reason why we pray in church is to remind God of His promises to protect the church, to protect his church from the attack of the enemy. Remember in the book of Matthew chapter 16 verse 18, he, Jesus said, 
that upon, he said, that was Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So when we pray, we are reminding God that his promise, you know, that he will build the church and the gate of hell will not prevail against it. We're trying to remind him that that promise, you know, has to stand. We are reminding God of his promises whenever we pray. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, what are the reasons? What are the reasons why we pray as a church? Why do the church pray? We pray for the demonstration of God's power through miracles, signs, and wonders. No wonder a saying goes that a closed mouth is a closed destiny. For the church, a closed a church with a closed mouth is a church with a closed heavens. So therefore, whenever we pray as a church, we demonstrate God's power through miracles, signs, and wonders. The book of Acts chapter 5, verse 12 says, And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. By the hands of the apostles, who were going about praying for people. The lame was were receiving their healing, the blind, their sight, you know, and so on and so forth. Praise the name of the Lord. So these are the reasons why we pray as a church. So what are the conditions for effective and a result-oriented prayers in the church? What are the conditions for us as a church to be able to pray effectively and with result or uh, in a result-oriented way? Uh, for prayers in the church to be to find you know full you know expression and be able to hit targets whenever we pray the members in the church must live in holiness as saints of god because the prayer of a sinner is an abomination unto god remember in the book of isaiah chapter 59 verses 1 and 2 the, the lord said behold this his hand is not shutting that he cannot save, neither his ears heavy that he cannot hear us. But he said, But your iniquities have separated between me and you, or between you and your God. Praise the name of the Lord. Between me or God and us. So whenever we sin, whenever we sin, there, there is a separation, and God cannot hear us as church, as the church. Praise the name of the Lord. And Proverbs chapter 15, verse 8 says, As the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. So whenever the church is upright, whenever the church is doing well in the place of holiness as saints of God, God delights in the prayer of his people. And the Bible says that the Lord's ears is open unto the his, his eyes are over his people, and his ears is open unto their prayers. So this was one of the strongest reasons or one of the strongest conditions that must be met for our prayers to be effective and result-oriented as a church. Another, another uh, condition is that the church members must relate with singleness of heart to be united in faith. Division has become one of the biggest problems we have in the body of Christ. Everybody wants to prove a point in the church. There is no singleness of heart again in the church. The, the brother A wants to be the one who God works miracles more through him. Brother B wants to be the one who speaks to Rema alone. Brother C wants to be the one who is giving the biggest tithe and offering. And everybody, everybody is just an individualist in the church. Believe me, the church was made to be a living cell. And in the cell, we know that there is no part of the cell that can exist out of the cell. If the cell is the the cell is defined as the smallest unit of life, and is the cell that comes together to make up a life. If we as church cannot come together as a cell, 
you know, to make up life through the singleness of heart and be united in faith. And it is difficult for us to be able to utter effective and result-oriented prayers. Praise the name of the Lord. Remember, in the book of Acts chapter 2, the Bible made us understand that it was when, on the day of Pentecost, when they were all in one accord in one place, that the Spirit of the Lord came down. Please, in our churches, we need to be in one accord again, without thinking of the other person as the biggest, biggest spirit-oriented person amongst us. We need to have this one accord and be able to stand for each other in the place of prayer, having this singleness of heart and praying with a singleness of purpose. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Another condition that we must meet as a church to be able to pray effectively and result-oriented is that those prayers must be Bible or scripture based. You cannot be praying that God should kill your neighbor. That is not scriptural based. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's not go into that. But we need to pray scripture based prayer. I remember a man of God that I was listening to said, whenever uh, she has issues with her life, whenever she has a challenging situation. For that situation, what she does is to go into the Word of God and find at least, at least 30 to 50 verses in the Bible that speak to or addresses that situation. And when she has studied and digested those verses, she goes into the place of prayer and travail. And then you see God begin to work miracles in her. As a church, we don't need to just come out and begin to raise prayer point. If our prayers must be effective and result-oriented, we must pray according to the scripture. The Bible speaking in the book of Daniel chapter 9, verse 2 to 3, said, In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the numbers of the years, whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of, of Jerusalem. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Daniel prayed according to the scriptures and understanding of the scriptures. When we, when we, when we model our prayer points, when we model our request as a church on the scripture, with the understanding of the scripture, our prayers will go farther. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, for our prayers as a church and as individuals to be effective and result-oriented, that prayer must be specific. Praise the name of the Lord. It must be specific. In the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 4, verses 29-30, we see in that place how something happened in that place and then Peter made a prayer unto the Lord. He said, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak the word of the Lord. And he went in detail to say, By stretching forth thy hand to heal, thy hand to to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. So he was specific about what he wanted God to do. If we must pray prayers that will be very, very effective, it must be specific. We must, when we are praying, be specific in our prayer points with 
you know, one of the ways you can actually show that you are aware of what you are doing and you really desire the result you are going for is when you have specifications. And that is the same thing with prayer. When you pray specifically, you are bound to receive results for you. So it helps you checkmate if the prayers, your prayers are being answered. Praise the name of the Lord. So as a church, for we to be effective and uh, uh, in the place of prayer and be able to provide or produce results via our prayers, we need to be specific in our prayers. Another condition is fervent. We need to be fervent. The Bible says in the book of James chapter 5 verse 16, an effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Fervency. Fervency. When we are fervent in the place of prayer, when that prayer becomes effective. The next one is that the next condition is spirit-led. That prayer must be spirit-led. The Bible in the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 26 says, For we do not, for the spirit also helpeth our infirmity. For we do not know what we, we ought to pray for, but the spirit itself maketh intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So you see, whatever, if we must pray and hit target in the spirit, then our prayers must be spirit-led. Because most times when we pray out of the spirit, we are praying amidst. And one of the, believe me, one of the ways to pray in line with the spirit is praying in line with the word of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. No wonder the book of Jude, Jude chapter 1 verse 20 says, But ye, beloved, building yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. It's a very important thing that as the church, one of the strongest ways to pray correctly is by praying in the Holy Ghost. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, you can never pray amiss. And, 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 and lastly, one, the last condition for effective and result-oriented prayer is that we must pray with the assurance of a response from God. Must pray with what? The assurance of a response from God. The Bible in the book of 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 to 15 said, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. So this is the confidence that we have. Whenever you go to the, to God, you have prayed in the spirit. You have prayed according to the word of God. You have prayed in holiness and in right standing with God as a saint of God. Then, then nothing stops you from having the assurance of a response from God. And when you pray standing, having fulfilled these conditions, our prayers, our answers will begin to roll like thunder. I, I often ask myself, why is it that in our present day churches, we don't get to see the kind of testimonies, the kind of miracles that we see in the church in the book of Acts, the church in the book of uh, Corinthians, and so on and so forth. What has happened to the church? And you find out that most of these conditions have been missing in our church. Most of our prayers in church are based on selfish reasons, self-indulgence, and individualism. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, lesson outline 2 says, The scopes and the results of prayer. What we should be praying for as the church is for the sinner's conversion. We should be praying for the sinner's conversion. It's very important that we as a church, we pray for the lost souls. 
The Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 9, verse 38, it says, Pray ye therefore to the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. And we need to pray as a church. When last did we as a church pray for the soul of sinners, for the soul of the lost? When last, when last have we raised our voice to heaven and pray and say, Father, let it come to pass that whosoever shall call upon your name shall be saved, according to the book of Acts chapter 2, verses 21. We need as a church to arise and begin to cry and weep and wail and pray to God for the soul of sinners. Praise the name of the Lord. As a church, we need to be a praying church because we need to intercede again. What do we need to pray for? The needs of the family. Like I said, I said the family is the smallest unit of the of the nation, of the community. If a family is defeated and destroyed or corrupt, it goes ahead to pollute the community and from the community to the states and from the states to the nation and from the nation to the world. It's its family, is the influence of a family that is felt on the waves of the nations. So we need to pray for the families as well, that the Lord will help our families to bring out children, not just children, to bring out fathers, mothers, that will make a transformation in the face of the earth. Praise God. What else do we need to pray for as a church? We need to pray for the nations. We need to pray for the nation's request, our nation. Paul, in his letter to the Romans church in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verses 1 to 3, he was saying that he's had desire and his prayer goes for the nation Israel. And he was praying that Israel might be saved. He was also, he went ahead to say that Israel has not acknowledged the righteousness of God and they are being ignorant to God's righteousness. And be, because of that, he was praying that, Lord, that these people will submit themselves unto the righteousness of God. We need to pray. We need to not stop praying until every soul in the nations have been converted unto Jesus. We need to pray that the Spirit of the Lord will sweep through the land and begin to make, you know, turn the heart of stones to flesh. Praise the name of the Lord. As a church, why do we need to pray? What do we need to pray for? We need to pray for people in authority and all men. First Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 4 says, I exhort you therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, and intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we that that we may lead a quiet and a peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. What is happening in the, in the nations now? There is no quiet life. There is no peaceable life. There is trouble here and there. Let me say this. A church that has refused to pray for the nation is a church that has lit its candles and put under a bushel. The light cannot be. If you don't pray for the light of God to come, our prayer as a church is like a light. It's like a tower of light that shines through the nations, that shines in darkness. And darkness cannot comprehend whenever we pray. Praise the name of the Lord. So as a church, we need to pray for people in authority. It is not our place as a church to criticize people in authority. Even though we know that they are not doing well, it's very important that we pray for them. It's very important that we pray that the Lord will help them. 
that they may lead a quiet and a peaceable life in all godliness and honesty for the people that they are leading. Why? The Bible says that for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, what do we need to pray as the church? We need to pray for our church leaders, people who are on the forefront of spirituality, teaching us and feeding us through, you know, the scriptures, and also praying for the church as well, and leading us in the place of prayer. The book of Colossians chapter 4, verses 3 to 4 says, With all praying also for us, that God will open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, which I am also in bond that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. We need to pray for the church leaders that they will lead us in the truth of the word of God and not through their belly, not through their belly or through their selfish interest. Let us pray for them as a church that the Lord will open unto them a door of utterance to speak the mysteries of Christ and make, make it manifest as they ought to speak. Praise the name of the Lord. So we have an obligation to pray for the church leaders as well as the church. What do we need to pray? We need to pray for church work. Church work is a spiritual work that cannot be done with the common physical conditions and, 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 and permissions. So we need to pray for the church work. Remember in the book of Matthew chapter 16, verses 18 to 19, that Jesus Christ was speaking and he said, And I say also unto you that you are Peter, and upon this rock will I build my church, and the gate of hell will not prevail against it, and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bound on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt lose in earth shall be loose in heaven. So we need to pray for church work. We need to pray for 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 openings. We need to pray for for open doors, we need to pray for open heaven. It's a very disastrous thing that a church is, is, is fellowshipping and they're not praying and the heavens are closed and they cannot pray for the mercy of the Lord for that heaven to be open. It's a very disastrous thing. A lot of churches where you find them not praying and just to believe just in, in fellowshipping alone, you find that most times that their prayers will not avail much because they are not a praying church. A worded church is a praying church because there is no way you are going to be fellowshipping and feeding upon the word of the Lord that it will burn like fire in your bones and ignite prayer from your lips. There is no way. So it is very important that we pray for church works. And then it is also important that we pray as a church. What do we need to pray for? Individual requests. James chapter 5 verse 13 says, Is there any among you who is afflicted? Let him pray. We as a church, we need to pray for ourselves. Praying for yourselves is another way of looking out for yourself spiritually. It's very important that if you are afflicted in one way or the other, spiritually, psychologically, psychomentally, in one way or the other, in any way that you should pray. Say, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. It didn't say, let him go haywire. It didn't say, let him throw his hands in the air and begin to scream. It said, let him pray. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, what is the essence of prayer? What is the essence of prayer? We'll be talking about prayer. We're talking about why we should pray as a church. We're talking about a lot of other things, the, the conditions why uh, that to be met before we can, you know, our prayers can be effective and so on and so forth. So what is the essence of this so-called prayer as a church? Now, the earnest and the sincere heart prayer, perfect prayer of the church, should be based on the word of God. 
And since it will be based on the word of God, it will accomplish much. So the result of that accomplishment is one, God's presence and power. So when we pray based on the word of God, we accomplish much. And when the result of our accomplishment in that prayer is God's presence and his power. Whenever we pray as a church, we get to experience God's presence and his power. Acts chapter 4 verse 31 says, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and the speak the word of God with boldness. Praise the name of the Lord. So, whenever you go to a place and you find out that the word of God is not spoken with all boldness, you should know what happened. So, whenever we pray, the result of our prayer as a church is God's presence and God's power. Remember, the church, they said, I prayed and the place was shaken. Oh, boy. I don't know if we have experienced a place where we pray and the place was shaken. I'm trying to picture it. And it's my prayer that God will give us these experiences again in the church in Jesus' name. Amen. So when we pray, what is the result? What do we see? We receive boldness of the saints to witness. Boldness to witness. The reason why a lot of us cannot, we don't have the boldness to go out and witness. Whenever they talk about witnessing, it becomes like a heavy burden on us. It's because we are not tarrying in the place of prayer. Acts chapter 14 verse 3 says, Long time therefore abode, and they speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of his grace, and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. They were speaking boldly. Why? Because they are tarried in the place of prayer. Acts chapter 2 had already happened. They were there and waited upon the Lord in one accord and the Holy Ghost came down, praise God. So when we pray, what results do we get? We get empowerment as believers for exploit. Empowerment as believers for exploit. Remember, in the book of Acts chapter 4 verse 33, the Bible says, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and great grace was upon them all. So when we, when, when, when we pray, we receive empowerment as, as believers for exploit. So it is also important for us to know that one of the results of our prayer is growth in the church. When we pray, the Lord will add to the church. He says, pray to the Lord of the harvest, that the harvest will be brought in. So when we pray, there is an increase in the harvest. There is an increase in the church of God. Praise the name of the Lord. Acts chapter 5 verses 12 to 14 it says that many signs were done by the apostles' hands. Signs and wonders. And the Bible made us understand that it was after those signs and wonders that in verse 13 it says, and the rest and, and, and of the rest does no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. And the believers were the more added to the Lord's multitude of, of, of both men and women were added to the church. So whenever we pray and there's manifestation of God's power, the church will grow. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, what else again? What is the result whenever we pray? When we pray, we receive spiritual strength and we grow in maturity. When you fellowship with the, with God in the place of prayer with the Holy Spirit, you are bound to grow spiritually because you begin to receive, you know, in your spirit man, there will be a network between you and God. You will begin to receive insights. Inside, remember, I said in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33, verse 3, say, Call upon me, in, call upon me, and I will answer you. I will show you great and mighty things that you don't know of. So, whenever you pray with God in the place of prayer, you begin to receive those 
you know, things that are great and mighty things that you know nothing about. Now, when we pray as a church also, the result is that, you know, when we pray, we are praying for peace. We are praying for God to help the persecution of world evangelists. When we pray, that's what happens. There will be a protection for the persecution of this world evangelist, protection for those world evangelists and mission outreach people, I mean missionaries that are out there, that God will just keep them and, and keep them from persecution. Well, utterly, utterly, not all the time though. But it is very important that whenever we pray, God hears our prayer and still keeps them for great works in front. But some of them, at, 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 at a point, it is God's will that they go through what they go through. But I'm not kind of saying, hey, we need to pray for the missionaries. That's what I'm trying to say in essence. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, when we pray, what do we see? We see signs and wonders. We see miracles. Whenever we lift up our voice to pray as a church, the result is signs and wonders and miracles. And when we lift up our voice to pray as a church, what do we see? We see God's visitation. To release incarcerated saints, those incarcerated evangelists, those incarcerated missionaries around the world. When we pray, we see God's visitation. In the book of Acts chapter 12, verses 5 to 11, the Bible made us understand that Herod locked up Peter in the prison and the church prayed. The Bible said that they didn't, they didn't stop in praying, according to our memory verse. They didn't stop. But the prayer was made for him without seasoning, you know, from the church unto God for him. And the Bible made us to understand that the angel of the Lord went to him and set him free. The chains fell off his hands. He was set loose and set free. And he returned to the people. Praise the name of the Lord. This is what can happen when we pray. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, in summary, I need to let you know that the effectual fervent prayer of a praying church makes manifestation of the power of God. Let us revive our prayer altars and start praying as a church. Praise the name of the Lord. So in conclusion, prayer makes the church grow. It makes the church glow. It also makes the church gracious. When we see that the church is not growing, the church is not glowing, and it's not looking gracious. We need to intensify our prayers even as we go out for evangelism. We need to intensify prayers. The major hindrance to the prayers of the church is sin and disunity. And then as church, we must be united. Praise the name of the Lord. And we must stay clear, steer clear of sin. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for today's Sunday school. We give you glory. We ask that even as we've heard your word, Father, please make us a house of prayer in the name of Jesus. Please transform our inner minds, transform our spirit, and please give us the stamina to stand the place of, place of prayer for the church, for the nation, for ourselves. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to today's um, Christomatic podcast, Sunday school. It's our prayer that God will make his word indelible in your life, in your heart, in Jesus' name. So until we come your way again, my name is Jim Jonathan for the Open Heavens podcast. God bless you in Jesus' name.